0: The Fruit of the Spirit, Part 7, Faith. 1 Peter one three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So there Peter lays out a really good introduction to his first letter. Faith in Jesus is not just a faith in a distant, dead, religious guru. It's trusting the one who has given us new life and an eternal destiny that is awesome, which awaits every child of God alive today. In the meantime, we are guarded by the power of God until that time comes. And when that time comes, our faith, which is by no means a blind faith, rather a true and provable faith, will result in praise and glory and honor for our King as we bow before Him. The future for the believer is going to be unlike any blessing received on this earth. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory he may grant you to be strengthened with the power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. To the child of God who knows their King, there's a lot to look forward to in eternity. As well as here, now. It's by faith that we function as a child of God. And there are many things in our lives regarding spiritual things that we don't need faith to believe, such as the born-again life. I don't need faith to believe that I'm born again. I know I'm born again. That's just the way that I operate now, because I'm a new creation in Christ, and God's still working on me, obviously, but I don't need faith to believe, well, you know, maybe... No, there is no question about it. There's a real change that has occurred in my life. I don't need faith to believe that. That one's done. We are different, supernaturally driven, hearing the voice of God and His calling upon our lives. That shouldn't take faith, because it's already happened. We've already seen it. It's already proven itself. If anything, it just reinforces my faith that in those things that haven't happened yet, because I know the supernatural is there. I've experienced the supernatural. I do pretty routinely. For example, I have prayed for people to be healed. Some are healed, some are not, depending on God's will. Well, if someone is not healed when we pray for them, that doesn't hurt my faith, because I already know several people who've been supernaturally healed. And I know that God doesn't heal everybody. He has a purpose for a lot of the things that they're asking for healing for. So I need no faith to understand that the supernatural healing exists because I've already seen it. Hebrews 11.1, one, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, for the conviction of things not seen. If we have seen it, then we should no longer have doubt that the thing exists. For those of you that have experienced the supernatural power of God in a way that was very evident, there should be no problem with believing in God and the supernatural. And the things that we have not experienced, that we've taken by faith, we believe. We know the scriptures. We know that God exists. We know that his hand is upon our lives. And that doesn't mean that we're brain dead and we just believe everything. If God said it's going to happen one day, it's going to happen. Go back through history and look at that. And if I'm alive during the time that God says something's going to happen, cool. If I'm not alive and I'm in eternity with Jesus, even better. But doubting the existence of God or the validity of scriptures is easily discounted when a person surrenders their life to Jesus and obeys the word. And God draws them into a relationship with them. So it's not like they are going into it completely clueless. There is a God drawing them in there. There is a sense in their soul that's like, yeah, I need to kind of check this out. Then God will provide enough proof that confirms his existence. And for those churchgoers that have never experienced the supernatural power of God, the first question should be Are they born again into the family of God? That alone is a miraculous event. And it may be that someone has been in church their entire life, so the process wasn't really evident, but they still should be hearing from God. They still should be trusting the scriptures and being obedient to them. By doing that, the relationship with God will become evident. A person seeking God can know him by simply crying out to him and forsaking wickedness. Add to that that faith, is also a gift from God. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, it says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. And if it's a gift from God, then why not ask for it? Jesus encountered a father of a demon-possessed son. His father cries out in desperation for Jesus to help his kid in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. That's an honest prayer. And you think Jesus flipped out and says, Oh, great. You still don't believe? I'm out. Now, this man was being honest with Jesus, saying, I don't have that kind of faith. Can you help me out? And Jesus did. He booted out the evil spirit from his son. That ought to do it. What's interesting about this passage is the man took his son to the disciples beforehand, and they couldn't cast the demon out. Where was their faith? They believed, but they couldn't get rid of the demon. And Jesus tells them, this kind does not come out by anything but prayer. So earnest prayer should accompany faith. They work hand in hand. And why is it so hard to get people to pray? It drives me crazy. I'm in a group of believers, and sometimes something comes up, you know, oh, you hear about so-and-so? Oh, bummer, you know? And I'm like, let's pray for him. And I'm usually the one that says, hey, let's do this. Let's pray about it. And people look around for a few seconds to ensure that it's safe, and they agree. It's like I'm the prayer guy or something. It drives me crazy. When our ministry was born around 2002-ish, I would randomly cut the services short and have people team up with someone they didn't know that well and pray for each other. And I still do this. And the first time I did this, I'll never forget it. You would have thought that I asked them to all start breakdancing or something. They just stood around and stared at me. And I encouraged them. like, come on, let's just do this. They reluctantly complied. And they're like, oh my gosh, this guy's crazy. And after they finished, they were hugging, they were crying, they were laughing, they were thanking one another. It's beautiful. And I do this because I want them to exercise their faith and bless someone else. You see the power of God moving during these types of moments. And you take away all the ridiculous arguments of, oh, I don't know how to pray. If someone tells you they don't know how to pray, just say, Lord, I pray that they would get pulled over today so they can learn how to pray. Amen. And let it go. Because everybody knows how to pray. It's just a matter of how desperate you get. That's a cop-out. Prayer runs parallel to our faith. And when we regularly take time to pray, our faith will increase. If we neglect prayer, what that really means is that we don't want to talk to God. There's no point. I'm not in trouble, so why should I talk to Him? Well, we talk to God to thank Him, to honor Him, to praise Him. We talk to Him to align our will with His will for us. That's prayer. That's what prayer is all about. It's about getting me lined up with God's will for my life. It's not about me bringing my wish list to God, saying, hey, can you check off a couple of these things, you know? It's about me saying, Lord, what's your will for my life? We talk to Him to be a contributor to His kingdom. We want to do things that are eternal, that last, and we follow His lead. And as we make this a habit in our lives, we'll begin to see the supernatural hand of God upon our lives moving in such a way that we cannot deny it's God at work. And these experiences draw us closer to him and build our faith. And as our faith grows, we now walk in that faith, trusting the Holy Spirit as he leads us. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Zechariah 4, 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So our faith is in something real. Our faith is driving us to God. It's trusting in God. This doesn't mean that we simply walk around with our heads in the clouds. Rather, we stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit and act upon command. We follow the Lord wherever he leads us. This is walking by faith. And as we're being filled daily with the Holy Spirit, which is what we should be asking every day, our faith will begin to blossom. And our hope in all that the scriptures promise will become a source of comfort for us as life gets more weird and crazy. So fruit of the spirit faith, let it run. Say, Lord, bring it on. And God, as he fills our hearts, he's going to pour that faith into us. But it's up to us to receive it and to trust him. Thank you.